welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all your sisters and brothers in spirit. And regardless of the negative appearances, circumstances, or conditions, and despite the darkness of the racism and injustice all around, let us continue to expand the divine love and light around ourselves by exhibiting those higher qualities. And the divine power and energy within ourselves, let us expend in fighting those worthy battles when necessary, making positive use of those divine weapons of love and light of our mighty I Am Presence. Now, it may sound fantastical to some, love and light as weapons. Could be, could be not. But many will be surprised at how powerful is the energy of love and light. And the fact is though, darkness cannot drive out darkness. MLK, and if God is love and love is light, and the presence of the living God is already within us, then we are the divine love and light, and we are the mighty weapons against the darkness that we have been waiting for. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and light, and y'all be loved. It is with very great love, joy, and gratitude that we offer a tribute from our hearts to the group of great cosmic beings known as the Seven Mighty Elohim. In the Bible they are titled the Seven Builders Around the Throne. We bow before their tremendous power which built this system of worlds. To have the privilege of their visits, instruction, and understanding of the sacred fire is the greatest joy that can come to anyone in this physical world, outside of each one's ascension. To acknowledge their sevenfold flame, the iridescent flame of all the colors, in the forehead, is the first step in receiving their cosmic gifts. The cosmic being known to us as the great divine director said. The seven mighty Elohim are authority over everything in this world, even I come under their direction. They are greater than I, and I am obedient to their slightest direction. When these cosmic builders of the whole system of worlds come and offer you the use of their sevenfold flame and its violet flame power and victory of cosmic Christ action, then my dear ones, you should understand it is because of the crisis of the hour and outer conditions which has made that necessary. You as individuals would not be given that just for your own individual growth or expansion of your light for your freedom. These powers only come into the outer use of mankind because of the need of the mass of people of the nation and the world. But as you are offered this, if you render the service, then great will be the authority and power and action of the violet consuming flame of the seven mighty Elohim within yourselves, and then you will find illumination coming from within you, and you will automatically understand many things which have been difficult for you to comprehend up to this time. Tribute to the seven mighty Elohim. To the seven mighty Elohim, the seven mighty Kumaras, the seven mighty Chans, the seven great archangels, 
we ask thy enfolding radiance to those under this radiation. Watch thou between each of us while we are absent one from another. Glorify us quickly with the full blazing presence of that sevenfold flame of the seven mighty Elohim. And beloved Arcturus, compel the unfed flame within to expand and meet the sevenfold flame without, and cutting us free from all connection with the discord of the outer world, let us move in the world, but not of it, and pouring into its distress whatever power of that cosmic Christ love from the great central sun is necessary to annihilate all human creation. And that great violet flame covering the earth in its blazing presence, moves us forward the authority of beloved Saint Germain's freedom, to give it without reservation until all stand ascended in thy octave. And we thank thee, beloved Mrs. G.W. Ballard. Isis Unveil, Chapter 15 According to computation we are now in the age of Kali Yug, the third, reckoning from that of Satya or Krutayag, first age in which Hindu tradition establishes the laws of Manu, and the authenticity of which Sir William Jones implicitly accepted. Admitting all that may be said as to the enormous exaggerations of Hindu chronology, which, by the by, dovetails far better with modern geology and anthropology than the 6,000 years caricature chronology of the Jewish scripture, still as about 4,500 years have elapsed since the fourth age of the world, or Kali Yug, began, we have here a proof that one of the greatest Orientalists that ever lived, and a Christian in the bargain, not a Theosophist, believed that Manu was many thousand years older than Moses. Clearly one of two things should happen, either Indian history should be remodeled for the Presbyterian banner, or the writers for that sheet should study Hindu literature before trying their hand again at criticism of Theosophists. But apart from the private opinions of these reverend gentlemen whose views very little concern us, we find even in the New American Cyclopedia a decided tendency to dispute the antiquity and importance of the Hindu literature. The laws of Manu, says one of the writers, do not date earlier than the 3rd century, BC. This term is a very elastic one. If by the laws of Manu, the writer means the abridgment of these laws, compiled and arranged by later Brahmins to serve as an authority for their ambitious projects, and with an idea of creating for themselves a rule of domination, then, in such a sense, they may be right, though we are prepared to dispute even that. At all events, it is as little proper to pass off this abridgment for the genuine old laws codified by Manu, as to assert that the Hebrew Bible does not date earlier than the 10th century of our era, because we have no Hebrew manuscript older than that, or that the poems of Homer's Iliad were neither known nor written before its first authenticated manuscript was found. There is no Sanskrit manuscript in the possession of European scholars much older than four or five centuries, a fact which did not in the least restrain them from assigning to the Vedas an antiquity of between four or five thousand years. There are strongest possible arguments in favor of the great antiquity of the books of Manu, and without going to the trouble of quoting the opinions of various scholars, no two of whom agree, we will bring forward our own, at least as regards this most unwarranted assertion of the Cyclopedia. H. P. Blavatsky If, as Jacques proves, text in hand, the Code of Justinian was copied from the laws of Manu, we have first of all to ascertain the age of the former, not as a written and perfect code, but its origin. To answer, is not difficult we believe. According to Varro, Rome was built in 3961 of the Julian period, 754 BC. 
The Roman law, as embodied by order of Justinian, and known as the Corpus Juris Civilis, was not a code, we are told, but a digest of the customs of legislation of many centuries. Though nothing is actually known of the original authorities, the chief source from which the jus scriptum, or written law, was derived, was the jus non scriptum, or the law of custom. Now it is just on this law of custom that we are prepared to base our arguments. The law of the Twelve Tables, moreover, was compiled about AUC 300, and even this as respects private law was compiled from still earlier sources. Therefore, if these earlier sources are found to agree so well with the laws of Manu, which the Brahmins claim to have been codified in the Kritayug, an age anterior to the actual Kali Yug, then we must suppose that this source of the Twelve Tables, as laws of custom and tradition, are at least, by several hundred years, older than their copyists. This, alone, carries us right back to more than 1000 years BC. The Manavadharma Sastra, embodying the Hindu system of cosmogony, is recognized as next to the Vedas in antiquity, and even Colebrook assigns the latter to the 15th century BC. And now, what is the etymology of the name of Manavadharma Sastra? It is a word compounded of Manu, Dharma, Institute, and Sastra, command or law. How then can Manu's laws date only since the 3rd century before our Christian era? The Hindu code had never laid any claims to be divinely revealed. The distinction made by the Brahmins themselves between the Vedas and every other sacred book of however respectable in antiquity, is a proof of it. While every sect holds the Vedas as the direct word of God, Sruti, Revelation, the code of Manu is designated by them simply as the Smriti, a collection of oral traditions. Still these traditions, or recollections, are among the oldest as well as the most revered in the land. But, perhaps, the strongest argument in favor of its antiquity, and the general esteem in which it is held, lies in the following fact. The Brahmins have undeniably remodeled these traditions at some distant period, and made many of the actual laws, as they now stand in the code of Manu, to answer their ambitious views. Therefore, they must have done it at times when the burning of widows, sati, was neither practiced nor intended to be, which it has been for nearly 2,500 years. No more than in the Vedas is there any such atrocious law mentioned in the Code of Manu. Who, unless he is completely unacquainted with the history of India, but knows that this country was once on the verge of a religious rebellion occasioned by the prohibition of sati by the English government. The Brahmins appealed to a verse from the Rigveda which commanded it. But this verse has been recently proved to have been falsified. Had the Brahmins been the sole authors of the Code of Manu or had they codified it entirely instead of simply filling it with interpolations to answer their object not earlier than the time of Alexander, how is it possible that they would have neglected the most important point, and so imperiled its authority? This fact alone proves that the Code must be counted one of their most ancient books. H. P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 14 Go forward, and perhaps when you least expect it, I may prod that determination within you with a feeling, sometime, that will all of a sudden make you arise and exert your master's sacred fire control over this world, which is the allowing of your own blessed I Am presence through the unfed flame in your heart to release a feeling, a pressure of that sacred fire into the atmosphere around you that not only repels limitation and destruction, 
but creates and maintains the advance and the fulfillment of the, the divine plan that is already the divine plan's completed action in our octave of life, and which you can draw here when you so determine. Now, many times the intellect says, well, how am I going to do all that with all the people in the family and all the people in the business that antagonize me, and they don't believe in the I am activity, and they won't do this, and they won't do that. Just leave that with us. You keep acknowledging your divine rights, that means your love to your presence and to us, and your mastery by sacred fire power control of things in and around you. And you charge that forth with the same fierce determination, and the same amount of energy that you release when you become, well, when you have become in the past, angry about something, for I do not acknowledge that you are going to be angry in the future. But you know the determination you have turned on when something displeased you and you have just exploded, an awful lot. Oh, that energy, such energy goes forth through those sudden feelings, past and present. We want the same amount of energy to go forth but qualified with that master presence of the sacred fire's power and control of things in this world, until, as you form the habit of this, the momentum begins to build within your electronic circle. My dear ones, you will come to the time when you can scarcely wish or think for a thing until it comes into manifestation for you, and that is the divine way to live life. So come with us, and remember, your determination of the future is our love and sacred fire's master power to flood everything in your world, and when you demand it be flooded, so shall it be established unto you. Beloved Aloha Marayan. Don't waste time looking back. Don't regret anything. What's done is done. It's water over your wheel of life. Be just concerned with the heaven we have opened to you with the accepting of our presence with you, and with your determination to fulfill the divine plan, that means everything perfect in your world. You don't have to draw it from someone else, the presence will automatically provide it for you when you have loved the presence enough. And when you call to us, we will never fail to answer the call. Our hearing is perfectly good, and we are not so busy, but we can answer the call whenever you are determined to have your mastery manifest its perfection in this world. May the legions of our sacred fire love who fulfill our commands to life attend you with their boundless blessings, and the angelic host and the powers of nature ever be flooding you with their blessings, blessings, blessings of all the perfection your heart can desire until you come into our octave forever. So, remember, we are close to you as you want to be close to us. And if you use your own authority, and your determination to be free from distress is intense enough, your limitation cannot stay within you another hour longer, because our love can take the place of everything that has disturbed you. And then do you know what happens? Then the words of your beloved Saint Germain will be fulfilled when he said, you will say to these disturbing conditions, with a wave of your hand to your adversary you will say, well, is it possible thou didst once disturb me? That's what mastery to which I refer, that peace, that power of the sacred fire's love that will have nothing in it and no contact except that which is peace and perfection and God made, manifest in and around you and for you, with every good thing to bless you forever. Hold close to us, if you will, and all together we will wave your hands to the adversary, laughter, and be through with contact forever. Thank you, precious ones. And I assure you, we have legions of angels so beautiful, so powerful, so loving, they can stand beside you and release what brings you only happiness. They are ready, ready any moment to assist you when you are determined your adversary shall be no more. Thank you. Let us dispose of the adversary, if you exert your authority, and between us, we should make a very comfortable combination and produce circumstances that will glorify you all forever. Thank you, and with my love to you all, 
I bear to you tonight the love and gratitude of the seven mighty Elohim because you have remembered them and you have loved them, and I assure you, they will remember you and love you in return, far more than you can love them. From tonight, keep the door wide open and you shall not want for any good thing. Thank you with all my heart. Beloved Elohim Orion. Thank you.